0: The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is a prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message. At the door. Okay, today we are in part three of the, of the series We Are The Church. Our text still is Acts chapter 2, 42 47. Acts Two 42, forty-seven. I read. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing of, of meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with all those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising the praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people, and each day, was a each day. Each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Now, it, it is we started with part one, and I want to encourage you, if you missed part one or part two or both, to please get the CDs and listen to them. The CDs are free anyway, and you can download them for free also. And listen to, to these messages. The, the concept of the church is is, is um, uh, many times not understood, and because it's not understood um, we, we tend to abuse um, abuse things and, and not do things the way God wants us to do it in, in the in the teaser that we, we just watched, we had different categories of people um, um, the, the lady that feels that she just needs to be spiritual I mean she doesn't need to get her hands dirty to do all this the works that the workers are supposed to do, you know, and, and, and you have the lady that feels, oh, I, I, I've been serving other people's children, and for three years now, now I have my children, the church could not even visit me, only my house fellowship leader. Now, isn't that a problem? If your house fellowship leader visits you, or your departmental leader visits you, hasn't the church visited you? The church has visited you. Why? Because church is people. I will say church is People. We are the church. Everybody say, we are the church, and and, and we, we, we saw the, the, the one that is always looking at everybody's cheeks to see who is fasting, or who is not fasting, you know. And and we saw the one that is the CEO, MD of G and H Holding that you know, just you know <laughs> has an hairy expectations. Then we saw the professional that uh, uh, is all about her. Our skills and how everybody else don't know what she knows, and how the church just sort themselves out, you know. And and you see, it, it, invariably, in over the years, we have been breeding a, a, a group of selfish people, a group of very selfish people. And in fact, we we have been breeding people that that have what they call a me church. I was a me church. A me church is a church that is all about me. It's all about me. It's all about my ideas. It's all about my needs. It has nothing to do with the kingdom. It has nothing to do with my brother that is suffering. It has nothing to do with my sister that is struggling to eat. It has nothing to do with the other person. It is just about me. And you see, God wants to break that down. God wants us to grow. Everybody say, grow. And and the mid church, in the mid church, really doesn't exist. You want the church to start when you get there. I'll come and worship has finished when I get to church? Because you came late. Praise the Lord. <laughs> and, and one of the major challenges of the church today is, is that we have we have a group of people that are totally, totally selfish. And you see, when I say church, really, it's not just when we gather. Even in our homes, in our relationships, one, one major problem of, of, of relationships, of, of, of a marriage relationship, for instance, is selfish people. Selfish people. You see, I, I mean, I've had the privilege of serving a lot of marriages and, and I can tell you for a fact that the marriages that are doing well, you have people that are selfless. The marriages that are struggling, you have people that are selfish. One person just thinks, what about me? And if if we are to grow, because God wants us to grow, the key thing we need to deal with is selfishness. Everybody say selfishness. There are two bodies of water In the the area of of Israel, well, in Israel, in the the place Jesus grew up, there are two bodies of water. um, They they call them seas, but they are not really seas. They are like lakes. There's there's what they call the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is fresh. The commerce is around the Sea of Galilee. There's greenery. There's an abundance of fish. There's a lot of trade going on. There's life in the the Sea of Galilee. The other sea in the area where Jesus grew up is called the Dead Sea. The Sea of Galilee takes its water from the mountains, from the north, and pours it into Jordan, right? The Dead Sea takes water from Jordan and doesn't pour anywhere. So the Dead Sea keeps taking and never gives out. And the Dead Sea, of course, like the name goes, is dead. Every, there's no, nothing survives in the Dead Sea. It cannot give life to fish. It cannot give life to plants. It cannot even satisfy the thirst of man because the Dead Sea is bitter. Because all the sediments and, and the dredges right in the Dead Sea. What's the difference? One, the Sea of Galilee... It's a, it represents the givers. The Dead Sea represents the takers. In every relationship, you have the givers and you have the, the takers. Who are you? In your relationship, who are you? In, in the church, in God's favorite house, who are you? Are you a giver? When I say giver, I'm not... I'm not only talking about money. Of course, money is a part of it. But beyond that, are you a giver? Or are you a taker? Now, givers notice the need in others and givers tend to ask this question, how may I help? Are you not a giver? They tend to ask this question, how may I help? They are quick to lend a hand. They love people and they use things. They don't love things and use people. They listen well. They get their hands dirty. They give easily and sacrificially. So if if you are married to a giver, you are a happy woman or a happy man. And if you are married to a taker, the taker will take the life out of you and keeps demanding more. Takers, they don't pay attention to the needs of others. They ask, they tend to ask this question, what's in it for me? You ask them to do something, what's in it for me? You ask them to serve in church, what's in it for me? You ask them to, to clean their own room, what's in it for me? You ask them to, to pack their own plates, excuse me, when you finish eating, we should pack your plate. What's in it for me? The taker has the mentality of there has to be something that I can get from this person. So they are in a relationship, they are not thinking about what can I give to this person. They are not thinking about how can I add value to this person. They are thinking of how can I benefit from this person. Takers. Now, Say, Pastor, what if I'm married to a taker? Jesus will transform them today in Jesus' name. (laughs) But be sure you are not the taker. In your relationships, decide to be the giver. Givers sometimes are irrational. In fact, you can't be rational and be a consistent giver. If you are to be a consistent giver, you are going to be rational. What does that mean? It means that even sometimes the people you are giving to, it appears they are just taken. Ask your wife or your husband when you get home. I suggest when you are alone. Ask, what am I in this relationship? Am I a giver or am I a taker? Please don't be upset what you hear. Don't ask now. Please don't start the civil war in church. I'm not there. <laughs> now, you be, you, honestly, because if you're a giver, it is it will be undeniable. Even if the person wants to say you're a taker, it will come out of their mouth. You understand what I'm saying? Ask. Ask yourself as you're sitting down in church. Am I a giver or a taker? Because the person who is always taking and never giving will become stale, unpleasant, and bitter, just like the Dead Sea. Always taking, never giving, become stale. You know, don't give me that excuse. Oh, pastor, you know that I don't have, you know, I don't have a job at the moment. It's a lie. A stingy person is a stingy person. Whether they have a job or not. Oh, you know, my, my husband hangs more than me. He's a lie. A stingy person is a stingy person. It's all about you. Me, life. Me, church. Oh, my wife hangs more than me. If you're a stingy person, you're a stingy person. doesn't matter. Praise the name of the Lord. Have you, haven't you seen rich, stingy people? Proverbs 11, 25, the Word of God says, The generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. The generous person will prosper, the Word of God says. You want to prosper? Be generous. Generosity will at some point become irrational. Generosity cannot be sustained if it remains rational. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so, give us grow. Give us always grow. Why? Because they always make room for more. Give us grow and take us don't. Give us grow and take us don't. And since we are talking about growth, maturity is important. And spiritually, when you look at your life and your spiritual growth, the question is, what is the mark of maturity? What is the mark of spiritual? What is the mark of spiritual maturity? Is it regular worship attendance? As important as that is, is that the mark of spiritual maturity? For some people they think because I have consistent Bible study, I am spiritual mature. As important as that is, the question is is that the mark of spiritual maturity? Some people think I've been a Christian for donkey years. That means I'm spiritually mature. Not necessarily so. Some think they're spiritually mature because the pastor asked them for advice. The pastor even asked me for advice. Is that the mark of spiritual maturity? Not necessarily so. None of this a mark of spiritual maturity. So the question is, at what point does a boy become a man? At what point does a girl become a woman? Think about it. At what point does a boy become mature? At what point does a a girl become mature? At what point? Think about it. What's the answer? Biologically, an organism is considered an adult when the organism is able to do only one thing, reproduce. An organism is considered an adult whether it's an ant, an antelope, a lion, a lioness, a deer, a giraffe. An organism is considered an adult when the organism is capable of reproduction. And guess what? It's the same spiritually. I know I need to pause there for you to think about that and digest that. It's the same spiritually. The mark of spiritual maturity is the ability of the person to reproduce spiritually. What does it mean to reproduce spiritually? So reproduce spiritually, simply means that you partner with God and you are part of the process that helps somebody else become a child of God. That is spiritual reproduction. Bible study, prayer, attending church, fellowship, caused the early church to grow and mature spiritually in Christ. But those were not the mark of spirituality. Let me explain. You know, it's just like um, when you... Eat well. The fact that you have a good appetite and you're eating well, it's not the mark of growth. It helps growth. The fact that you have a good environment and you're sleeping well and you have an environment that is conducive for growth is not growth in itself. So if you, if you, if you, if you have a, a, a puppy, for instance, and, and you feed the puppy and, and you give the puppy water and you, and you create a, a good environment for the puppy. That's like prayer, Bible study, um, uh, worship. All those things we hate the puppy to mature. But the mark of maturity in the puppy or the dog when it grows is when that dog is able to What? Is able to reproduce. That is the mark of so, so, what is the value of your Bible study? What's the value of your fellowship? What's the value of your coming to church? What's the value of your spending 10 hours with God if you cannot reproduce spiritually? What's the value? So, the challenge to you and I this morning is that it is not enough to have Bible study. It's not enough to have prayer. It's not enough to have fellowship. It's not enough to wake up in the, in the morning or stay late at night. It's not enough if it doesn't lead to spiritual reproduction. was a spiritual reproduction. So the mark of maturity is the ability to reproduce. Jesus says Yes, in, in, in John 15:5, he says, "Yes, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who remain in me, and I in them, we what? We produce much fruit. Those who remain in me, and I in them will produce much fruit. Jesus is saying, if you and I mingle through Bible study, through prayer, through worship, you will produce much fruit. Jesus is saying, if I touch you and I'm in contact with you, you will produce more fruit. So the the singular mark of your spiritual maturity is not your piousness. It's not how serious you look in church. It's not how heavy your tongue is when we are praying. It's how productive your spiritual life is. Who has been added to the family of God on your account? I'm praying that spiritually there will be no barren in God's private house even as physically there will be no barren in God's very house. I remember a story that I heard some time ago. <laughs> you know that back in the day, our parents, or rather maybe our parent spirits, they have a funny way of, 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 of having sex education with their child, of, of talking about sex with their teenage um, daughter. It's, it's, it's like a taboo to hear your... Now, how many of you... Your parents talk to you about sex. Let me see your hands up, please. Look at, look around. Just one, two, three, four. Out of all of us. No wonder there's a problem in the bedroom. I'm telling you, really. In fact, our next series, you know what our next series is? Should I tell you? Pure sex is PG-18. We are going to be checking ID cards at the door. <laughs> Age verified ID cards. It's a problem because, I mean, it, it, in the minds I have privilege to serve, there's usually a challenge in the bedroom. Why? Because we have no clue. Anyway, that's not where I'm going today. So this mother was supposed to talk to the daughter about... Um, Sex and all that stuff. And the mother said, hmm. say so you know you're not a woman. Have you heard that before? That is the beginning of sex education. <laughs> so when, when they say, say so you know you're not a woman, you know what that means? That means now you can reproduce. That's the, that's the mark of maturity. That's the mark of maturity, the ability to reproduce. Say so you know you're a woman. Hmm. I just want to tell you, boys are bad. You know, which is why some of us, even when we are legitimately married, we still feel dirty when we talk about sex or when we are intimate with our spouses. Something is wrong with the foundation. Anyway, pure sex, God will wipe it out in Jesus' name. And she said to the daughter, if any man or any boy touches you, you will be pregnant, oh. And I hear the budget. Your life is is, uh, is destroyed. And you can say, yes ma, yes ma, yes ma. So they went to school. And as the manner of boys are, you know boys will be boys. So one of the boys that had been eyeing her, touched her and ran away. And she began to cry, yeah, I'm pregnant. <laughs> now, she wept all the way home. What is the problem? Are you beating by? Are you with my life has has scattered? It's finished. What happened? That boy touched me. The father said, he touched you, he brother up at He touched you. You defied my daughter. No, no, no. He touched my shoulder. The boy touch your shoulder and your life is scattered. <laughs> <laughs> and obviously, the key thing is, you become a woman when, at least biologically, the things that aid production are kicked in. Spiritually, you become mature. When you are able to reproduce. Or when, yeah, reproduction is macro. So, so the question again is if you want to be spiritually mature, indulge me. Can I see your hands up? I want to be spiritually mature. All of us. Thank you. God put down your hands. So it means in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, you will bear fruit. You will. Because God wants you to. Jesus wants you to. In verse 16 of, of, of John, John 15, but verse 16, it says that you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and what? And produce. And produce lasting fruit. So you and I are a part of a repeating process over and over again, that produces salvation in others. You and I are supposed to be a part of a process that is is an infinite loop that goes over and over, over and over, to help people find God. To help people find God. And this we do in partnership with God. 1 Corinthians 3.6, Paul was saying that Paul plants. Apollo's waters, but God gives what? God gives the increase. God gives the increase. So we are born to reproduce. 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 reproduce. Growth in Christ is not to make us look better. Growth in Christ is to make us win others. Growth in Christ is not so that, oh, uh, if you know what, my quiet time with God, ah, this is the fantastic thing that happened between me and heaven, where is the fruit? Where is the fruit? Oh, when I speak in tongues, the mountains shake and quiver, where is the fruit? Oh, in church, ah, we are the ones that clean the church, we are the ones that do this. Where is the fruit? Unlike biological process of attaining maturity, reproducing, and this is the beauty of it, reproducing spiritually does not depend on your age. The biological process of of attaining maturity depends on your age. I mean, a two-year-old child shouldn't be able to get pregnant. But a 20-year-old Can. But in the kingdom, spiritually, a two-year-old can. Even a two-day-old can mature. Why? Because it's all tied to submission to God, to trust and to faith. That's all. Am I going to submit to the leading of the Holy Spirit? The only spirit is prompting me in, in this direction. Am I going to yield to it? The only spirit is, is leading me to, to help this person. Am I going to yield to it? That is all it takes. That is all it takes. So everyone that wants to be spiritually mature must realize that the mark of spiritual maturity is What? Is reproduction. A selfish person cannot reproduce. Both physically and spiritually. But the key thing is this. You as a child of God, the mark of your spirituality is is what? Is what Reproduction. So check, ask yourself this question. How many people have come to God's family on my account? How productive have I been? If you haven't been, beginning from today, you will be in the name of Jesus. But you know, if you were born to reproduce, it means you have to be born in the first place. For you to reproduce spiritual life, you need to have spiritual life. You cannot give what you don't have. So if you're here, you're saying, no, but Pastor, I'm not born again. I'm, 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 I'm not saved. Fine, fantastic. I'm going to pray with you. Jesus is going to come into your life and spiritual life is going to kick off. Oh, you say, "Oh, Pastor, I used to be born again, but I backslid." Fine. I'm going to pray with you. Also, the spiritual life is going to be rekindled in you. Let's burn our hearts as we burn our heads as we pray. If that is you, I mean, I like like I would say, you don't need to come forward. I, I just need to know you are there. I want to pray with you wherever you are seated. Pastor, I need spiritual life to be bettered in me first. Before I can even talk about reproduction, I need spiritual life to be birthed in me. My life is empty. My life is, 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 is void of the life of God. Pray with me. I want to pray with you. Pull up your hand right now over your head. I'll prove it wherever I sit God bless you. i up your hand well. God bless you over there. God bless you over there. God bless you over there. My brother, God bless you over there, my brother. God bless you, my sister. God bless you over there. God bless my sister right there. Over here. God bless you. Right there over there at the back. God bless you. So I can see your hand over there. Keep the hands up until you get a car. God bless you right there. At the back. God bless you. God bless you. That's far hand. God bless you right there in front. God bless you. God bless you over there. I can see your hand. I can see your hand. God bless you. There you God bless you. Another hand over there. God bless you. I don't have there. They're going to slip a card in your hand. hand. Once you have the card, please put down your hand. It's okay. And just cry to God. Birth your life in me. Birth your spiritual life in me. Birth your spiritual life in me. Birth your spiritual life in me. For the rest of us, I want you to just talk to God. Father, that I will not be barren. That I will not be barren spiritually. That I will not be barren physically. That I will not be barren in my spiritual work with you that I will not be barren. Why don't you just go ahead and talk to God? Just, just talk to Him. That that I will be fruitful. That I will reproduce, oh God. That I will reproduce, my Father. That I will reproduce. That I will reproduce. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise and glory. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. If you're you here, you're saying, you still want to, make that decision you can put up your hand now before we pray you can put up your hand and, and, I, and I will know you are there before we pray Father in heaven we pray for everyone that is decided for you today we, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth as, as they have decided to take that step let your life the spiritual life of Christ let it be birthed in their lives in the mighty name of Jesus Lord, change these lives totally. Transform these lives totally. And let your name be glorified. Let your name be glorified, my Father. Honor and glory be given to you. Lord, we pray for everyone in this place that you cause us to be fruitful, and your name will be glorified. Honor and glory be given to you. In Jesus' name,